Do you love Batman? Do you love Frasier? Do you love Seinfeld? Do you love Dr. Seuss? Do you love James Bond? Do you love Captain America? Oh, hell, do you just love everything that's nerd-related? I know I do. Well, you should come on over to a Nerds World podcast and listen to us, Justin and Andrew, talk everything that's nerd. Yeah, every two weeks, we delve into some random topic that we choose at the end of each episode, and we tell you the whole history of it, or as much as we feel the need to write down, our history of it, and our favorite things about it. So come on over to a Nerds World, wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome everyone to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for everything horror. Now here's your hosts, Justin and Brandon. Take it away, boys. Hello and welcome to Pod and Gore. My name is Brandon. My name is Justin. And welcome to our Candyman episode. Who can make sunrise? <laughs> With as many fucking times as you message me <laughs> gifts of Willy Wonka, and I would respond to you with Tony Todd gifts. I'm like, stop. And so, yep. Did you get my last one? The little cartoon character one? Do you know who that was? I've seen it before, but I don't remember what it's from. It was King Candy from Wreck-It Ralph. King Candy. <laughs> the first record ralph yeah okay because the one that i'm king I, candy king well i rep, I'm, i do now i'm like my daughter likes uh record ralph breaks the internet so that's that one we, that's the one we've been watching the most but yeah um anyways <laughs> i've seen this movie a bunch so we should be able to fly through it because i was prepared for this episode and somebody wasn't i was I watched <laughs> it last night yeah you watched it last night i watched it four days ago <laughs> Stuff happens. Yeah, it does. It does. I just, <laughs> I was like, I almost said it before I hit the start button, but I'm like, you know what? Guess who's, here. guess who's time? Guess whose turn it is to throw some shades at night. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> All I wear right. My sunglasses at night. Do you? No. no, I don't have sunglasses. I know. All right. So, Candyman is a 1992 American supernatural horror film written and directed by Bernard Rose. Starring Virginia Madsen, the powerful Tony Todd. Uh, <laughs> I love Tony Todd, so <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, He's Zan- great. <laughs> Xander, the voice, dude. It's, it's, it's too much for me. Oh, I know. Um, Xander Berkeley, Cassie Lemons, and Vanessa Williams. Not the Vanessa Williams, because right. like if, if you're looking it up, like on um, Wikipedia or whatnot, mm-hmm. which is where all my research comes from. Sure. Um, you click on the name and it brings you up to the singer. Oh. But then I'm like, I don't remember seeing her in this movie. <laughs> you weren't in this yeah, I'm movie. Yeah, like, don't lie to me. <laughs> and so I, I went and looked on the IMDb's and I'm like, no, there we go. She just happens to have the name Vanessa Williams. Mm. Uh, it was Anne Marie's character. Oh. Um, based on the short story The Forbidden by Clive Barker. That surprised me. Because I was just sort of, I would put it on and started watching and shit, and I saw his name pop up in the credits on, oh, yeah, it makes total sense after watching it. It's <laughs> totally Clyde Barker. Right. And well, that's the same thing, too, because uh, with Hellraiser being based uh, the off the short story, uh, Hellbound Heart, I think. Sure. Let's just say that. I think that's what it's called. I have the book. Hmm. Um, but yeah, all these badass movies based off of his short stories. Mm-hmm. Midnight Meat Train. Train. Isn't that also a short story or yeah, was it? I think so. 
There you go. I don't go. remember. Go listen yeah. to the episode. I think it was number three. <laughs> Either way, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's one. Of the, no, uh, I think it's. Four, it might be three. Because I'm the odd numbers. Right. So we started out with Nightmare, Lost Boys. And it was Meat Train. Meat Train, yeah. Brightburn, Alien. Yeah. And then the rest. <laughs> it's like, let's see if I can do this from memory. <laughs> um, based on the short story The Forbidden by Clive Barker, the film follows a graduate student in Chicago who's easily... 42 years old <laughs> oh no i'm just playing but no she definitely did not look like she had just got out of college you know 30s at least right um so looking good look at yeah yeah <laughs> listen to me sounding judgmental like <laughs> hey go back to school anytime here i am in my mid to late 30s and i should do that and yeah. i am not doing that i'm sitting in a basement <laughs> talking shit <laughs> you mean well though i do i mean nothing but well <laughs> Actually not. Right. Um, follows a graduate student in Chicago completing a thesis on urban legends, which leads her to the legend of Candyman, the ghost of an artist and son of a slave who was murdered in the late 19th century. The film came to fruition after a chance meeting between director Rose and Clive Barker, who recently completed his own film adaptation of Nightbreed from 1990. It sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't think I've seen it. Um, I haven't. Se- I've seen it once or twice. I watched it because it was on, um, I believe, Amazon. It's a classic. I just I'm not as familiar with it. True. Um, Rose expressed interest in Barker's story, The Forbidden, and Barker agreed to license the rights. Where Barker's story revolved around the themes of the British class system in contemporary Liverpool. Rose chose to refit the story to uh, Cabrini Green public housing development in Chicago and instead focused on themes of race and social class in inner city United States. Candyman was released theatrically by TriStar and Polygram Filmed Entertainment on October 16, 1992 and grossed over $25 million domestically. It was followed by two sequels, Candyman Farewell to the Flesh in 1995 and Candyman Day of the Dead in 1999. Candyman is regarded in some critical circles as a contemporary classic of horror cinema. I and I agree. Yeah. I I don't think I don't think that like when you think of the big names, yeah. like he's not like so you have your your big handful of them of your slashers and right. iconic characters. We've covered most of them. Yeah, and I don't think that, um, I don't think enough is said about Candyman. No, I think he's in that second or even third tier that's just right below. Like, I had always heard of Candyman. Mm-hmm. I knew it existed. It's just not one that I ever, you know, rushed out and went and watched Obviously. until last night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I knew of him. You know, mm-hmm. it was just one of those kind of periphery characters. He never reached the levels of a Myers or a Voorhees or a well, Kruger. And you could even say with being up there with even Pinhead, because I think, yeah, I, I don't, and while I don't think that Pinhead is on the same level as your, say, big three, mm-hmm. but I think that he's as iconic. And I think that, I think that uh, Candyman arguably could be up there. He just didn't have as many sequels. Right. Like, I mean, there was only three of them. And now that we have uh, 
Jordan Peele's rebooting it for next year. Which now I am excited for. Like, <laughs> seeing this movie, I was like, <clears throat> how could Peele not do this? Yeah. This is such a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah, and um, I... So, I can't say his name. I don't... Because I don't know what it is. Five I, times. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um uh, the actor that played uh, Black Manta in Aquaman. Uh, I don't remember his first name. I don't want to say it wrong, but Abdul Mateen. Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, think um, I wanted to say Yaya, but that doesn't sound... Yawel? Yahil? Something like something. that. So he's... Yeah, look it up. Because I knew that like I would just butcher trying to even think off the top of my head. Um, he's he was He's in it. But then I also, there was like a lot of talk about, you know, bring Tony Todd back for the movie. He has to be in it somewhere. And, but he is now. He's reprising the role. So I'm curious. Oh, really? I'm curious to see. So what's Mateen going to be? Just random person number three? Uh, <laughs> fair enough. I don't honestly have any idea. But um, yeah, I was right. What did you it get? Is, it? Yeah, yeah. It is Yaya? Y-A-H-Y-A. I might be saying it wrong, but mm-hmm. that's... Uh, I don't want to use the King app. Just show me the cast list. Yeah. Yaya Abdul-Mateen the second. Yaya. Boom. Yeah. Good job, Yaya. dude. See, I, and that's why <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is it, dude? Because I knew you'd fucking know it. Well, I did spend a year talking about Aquaman. Which is weird for you. <laughs> um, Not on purpose. It was my job. So... Like looking at Candyman twenty twenty, the top build cast, the only person's name. Oh, so it's got Yahya Abdul Mateen. It's um, and there's no casting name underneath right. it. Um, it's got Tony Ton, Tony Ton. Oh my god, <laughs> Tony Todd. My apologies, sir. Uh, Tony Todd as Daniel Robitaille slash Candyman. Then it's got Coleman Domingo and then uh, Tiona Paris. But there's only a few people that have their names actually on there hmm. is it coming out soon adjacent june 12th 2020 oh. so we're not all that far away from it yeah it should be filming now if not i think it's very soon yeah i think it should be um i'm excited for it though because this movie came out when i was nine i saw it when i was 11 so I would have saw it in 94. This movie is the one movie to scare the holy shit out of me. I'm sure I've mentioned it before on this podcast. But I remember vividly watching it at my friend Jeremy's house when I lived in when I lived here before moving to Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting on the couch between his sister and his mom. And I was just fucking... <laughs> and as soon as the movie was done, like I couldn't go to the bathroom in the house like well, I, mean, I went we'll get I had, to it but that i had to go pee outside man that's... <laughs> i'm like no i'm not going into a bathroom he still won't pee in my bathrooms <laughs> no now i know why yeah traumatized man well that scene when she wakes up in the chick's apartment is freaking massacre yeah it's that's brutal it really is um so i wrote this down just because it's my favorite quote from the movie I love a good quote. Um, hmm? Love a good quote. It says... <clears throat> Seinfeld joke. <laughs> right. Uh, it said, uh, so, they will say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for if not for shedding? 
With my hook for a hand, I will split you from your groin to your gullet. I came for you. Mm. It's so fucking... It's poetic. And then Brandon did. (laughs) (laughs) Hi-oh. For Tony. (laughs) Don't fucking do this to me. Hey, Tony. (laughs) Well, no, and that was the the thing, too, (laughs) because... You're so dumb. Um... Well, that, like, the voice is iconic in itself. Oh, yeah. So, and he's done other things recently with his voice. He was in Flash, I think it was. Was he? I think so. Let's look it up. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. Uh, Flash, uh, he was in Hellfest, which was a snooze fest, (laughs) but he was rad. Um, He did the narration for Layers of Fear 2, which scared the shit out of me because I didn't know that he was (laughs) doing it. And so, like... I'm starting to play the game and I'm streaming it on Twitch. And then all of a sudden, like he starts talking and I get this like chill. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's my childhood beer right there. <laughs> um, yeah, that, uh, final he destination. He was in the crow. Yeah. I don't remember his name, but he was, uh, he was up there with top dollar, like his right hand man. If my phone would click on the thing it's supposed to click on, he's been in 221 different things. Damn. Yeah. Very busy. So what is it that you were trying to find out? What he was do what he did recently? Oh, just seeing if there's anything. He was on Scream the T V series. Was he? Yeah. Uh boop, boop, boop. I just passed it. Where'd it go? Oh, he did the voice of Darkseid and Death and Return of Superman? Oh. Oh <laughs> the look on your face. Oh. That's who he was. He was Zoom in the Flash. That creepy he did the voice assume the you remember you watch flash yeah 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 yeah. so and it would have been season three maybe two yeah zoom was the uh, the dark the black the black costume mouth was all covered yeah yeah that was tony todd oh so yeah he's he's also dark side rain uh rain of the superman yeah i'm gonna have to watch that again now yeah right um all sorts of shit. Death. Oh, yeah. Dude, he was in that movie Death House that you don't want to cover. Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> Did you know that? I forgot that. Yeah. Um, but all sorts of shit. Oh, yeah. Victor Crowley. Yeah. Reverend Zombie, of course. <laughs> okay, so the box office numbers. So it has it had an estimated budget of $6 million. Um, it made $5.4 million on its opening weekend, and then it did a... Um, See, and here's here's here it is again, a gross USA twenty five million seven hundred ninety two thousand three hundred ten dollars. The cumulative worldwide gross is twenty five million seven hundred ninety two thousand three hundred ten dollars. I can't control when those <laughs> those just come out of nowhere. So my apologies. So it made its money. Well, that's um. Cool. This, uh, for the screenplay, the change of setting uh, ne- necessitated a change to certain elements uh, for the film. According to... That didn't sound like it made sense. The change of setting we'll necessitated a change to certain elements for the film. According to journalist Steve Bogira, one source Book? of inspiration... <laughs> Bajira? Bajira? <laughs> it's not... It's not... No. Fucking side... You're, you like get me going on tangents and then you get mad at me for them. 
Uh, one source of inspiration may have been a pair of articles he wrote for the Chicago Reader in 1987. I just, <laughs> I'm trying to read, and I could, like, I'm looking at my phone, and I just see your belly jiggling, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, um, in 1987 and 1990, about the murder of Ruthie Mae McCoy, a resident of Chicago's Abbott Homes housing project. In 1987, McCoy had been killed by an intruder who entered her apartment through an opening behind the bathroom's medicine cabinet. Creepy. Very creepy. Um, for pre-production of the film, there was many. There was some controversy that the film was depicting racism and racial stereotypes. According to Rose, I had to go and have a whole set of meetings with the NC, uh, NAACP because the producers were so worried and what they had said to me when they had read the script was, why are we even having this meeting? You know, this is just good fun. Their argument was, why shouldn't a black actor be a ghost? Why shouldn't a black actor play Freddy Krueger or Hannibal Lecter? If you're saying that they can't be, it's really perverse. This is a horror movie. At the time of the film's release, Madsen had said, I was and am now worried about how people will respond. I don't think Spike Lee will like this film. Spike Lee doesn't like a lot of things. <clears throat> Fair <laughs> enough. But, like, I get it. Why Why not? Why can't a, a black man be? A horror icon? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's stupid reasoning. And I think, I, I mean, I'm as far from a, you know minority as they come yeah and i won't even pretend to be able to speak for the disenfranchised and yeah. all that so but i, I won't even attempt just to. watching it last night i was like this seems to me anyway like a good though slightly 90s cliche representation of what life would be like in those scenarios they weren't trying to you know overplay it and make a big to do about it whatever well, that, like it when they just... showed when they showed um what Anne marie's apartment yeah like, you know, it's in Cabrini Green, you, you're you walking through the hallway, it's dirty, graffitied, like mm-hmm. it looks like nowhere you'd want to be, and then it you go inside, and it's this nicely decorated, clean apartment, and huh. it's like, it almost felt like that was kind of like a, you know, just because something may not look, it you know, on the huh. inside, it, that's what really matters. Right. And so that's kind of how I took that. Fair enough. <clears throat> Uh, filming. Although Barker's short story is set in his native Liverpool, Rose decided that the film would be much better done in the U.S. Of course, leave it to somebody <laughs> from the U.S. to think it'd be better to do it here. You know what's great? America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what's not? Anywhere but America. <laughs> Fuck. Um, assisted by members of the Illinois Film Commission, Rose scouted locations in Chicago and found Cabrini Green. An incredible arena for a horror movie because it was such a it was a place of such palpable fear. Rose once said in an interview with the Independent that he found filming in Chicago easier than filming in England. Hmm. Fair enough. All right. So the casting of this film, Eddie Murphy was the original choice for the role of Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you don't want to party all the time? <laughs> I party do. Party all the time. I, you know, I like Eddie Murphy most of the time, but I dear would, God, that would have been bad. I, it definitely wouldn't have had the effect that it had. <laughs> he no. doesn't have. He doesn't. Dude, what makes that eerie is the fact that Tony's 
Tony Todd's voice, he he can get so deep mm-hmm. and growly with it, like it doesn't sound real. Yeah. Kind of like how I was trying to find, what's his name, Roger Jackson? The scream guy? Yeah, the guy who did the yeah. voice for Scream. Like I was thought, I literally thought that that was something through a voice changer and yeah, it's I... actually a guy's voice. And I'm like, without that talent, I like, and that's, that's I love Eddie Murphy's movies. I have sure. nothing wrong, nothing bad to say about his his acting nothing to do with that but i don't norbit. think huh norbit <laughs> never saw it i never saw it i'm surprised you've seen it no i haven't <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough um so he was the original choice for Candyman, but the fil- uh but the filmmakers could not afford him according to todd i met with bernard rose who's a brilliant mind and a great director and i wanted to say it was a hire but i just People kept telling me, oh, you'll never be able to shake this. And I said, you know, I'm going to do the best I can and go away from that. I knew when I read it and I saw the bees and stuff, I knew things like that haven't been filmed before. So that was interesting. And I've always wanted to find my own personal Phantom of the Opera. <clears throat> so this is kind of a genius part. So uh, Todd negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every bee sting. Uh-huh. That he occurred in the movie. That's a good idea. Um, so, yeah, Todd negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every bee sting he suffered during filming. You want to guess how many times he was stung? Good. With all those bees, 200 $2 million at a bonus? <laughs> uh, he, was strung, he was only stung 23 times. <laughs> but that's still $23,000 just added on. That's, I'm surprised it was that small a number. I kind of thought so too. Um, Virginia Madsen was friends with director Bernard Rose and his then wife, Alexandra Pig. And Madsen was original, was originally to play the role of Helen, Helen's friend, Bernie, while Pig was to play Helen. The choice was then made to make the character of Bernie African American. So Mad uh, Madsen lost the part as shooting was about to commence. Pig discovered that she was pregnant so then the role of Helen was offered to Madsen. Had Madsen uh, been unable to step into the role, producer Alan uh, Pohl was partial to Sandra Bullock as Helen. I don't think I can... Sandra Bullock's a great actress. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I just, I can't... It's another thing. I can't see anybody else playing Helen. Fair enough. I It would be interesting, and I almost feel like Candyman might actually have a little bit more notoriety had it actually been Sandra Bullock. Fair enough. I mean, I could see that. I don't know how big... What uh, what year did Scream come out? 1994? I want to say four. Yeah, I think it came out the same year as The Crow. Yeah. Around that time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, this was just before that. She wasn't a big name yet, so maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um, it might might have like retroactively like yeah, when she got big. What I was um, although no one really cares about Leprechaun, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> fair enough. That's that's for damn sure. Uh, unless somebody wants us to cover Leprechaun. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'll do it if someone wants us to watch it, and we'll probably do it at St. Patrick's Day. Fair, yeah, we could do that. I still need to get you to watch Hellraiser. Yeah. 
Again, I have seen it. <laughs> I just don't like it. Okay, so we'll have to cover Hellraiser, so then that way I can make you watch like Hellraiser, Hell World. With, uh, that's the one I think that Henry Cavill's in. Oh. <laughs> Dropping nugs. Does he have a mustache? <laughs> uh, no, I think they added it in later. Oh, uh, the film score was composed by Philip Glass. According to Glass, it has become a classic, so I still make money from that score. Um, gets checks every uh, get checks every year. Hmm. Tony Todd confirmed in an interview with IGN that a limited edition featuring 7,500 copies of the film soundtrack was released in February of 2015. I wish I would have known that in 2015. You're not kidding. Um, Candyman had its world premiere at the 1992 Toronto International Film Festival, playing as part of its Midnight Madness lineup. It was released on October 16th, 1992 in the United States where it made $25.7 million. It was released on home video in February of 1993 uh, by Columbia TriStar Home Video. Um, a special edition DVD was released in August of 2004. Candyman was first released on, Blue, on Blu-ray format in Australia on September 1st, 2011 via Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. The same Blu-ray version was made available in the UK on October 10th, 2011. The set content, uh, contains DTS HD Master Audio 2.0 for its original English track, as well as a standard uh, DTS 2.0 surround for its additional French, Italian, Japanese, and Spanish tracks, where multiple subtitle options including English, SDH, and no special features. The film was again released in Australia from Shock Records via their Cinema Cult subsidiary with the only edition being a slipcover. In Germany, a limited edition Digibook was made available on May 27, 2016 and was, at the time, the most definitive Blu-ray edition to date. It contains both German and English DTS HD Master Audio 2.0, German and English subtitles, and special features including audio commentary, featurettes, uh, storyboards, and original trailer. A standard edition set was released in Germany on July 29, 2016. Several standard Blu-ray editions eventually became available in France, Italy, Spain, Japan, Denmark, Finland, and Sweden throughout 2011 and 2012. On July 20, 2018, it was announced that Candyman would be released on Blu-ray in collector's edition on november 20th 2018 in the united states via scream factory a subsidiary of shout factory the set contains a newly remastered 2k restoration from a new 4k scan as well as a number of new special features including an unrated cut commentaries and feature featurettes the following week on july 27 2018 arrow films announced a limited edition blu-ray set in the UK, which includes the same scan uh, and special features as the Scream Factory edition. It was confirmed that uh, for this edition, for the first time, the film would contain a new DTS HD Master Audio 5.1 track. This set includes a collector's booklet, six lobby cards, a reversible poster, and a reversible cover artwork. It was released on October 29, 2018. Well, hot dog. Wow, that was a lot. I was looking at, at Amazon at the soundtrack, and if it is the one that you're talking about, it's very cheap. 
Is it? <laughs> like 40 bucks for the vinyl, and there's an MP3 version for like nine. Nice. You know what? I would... I, I don't have vinyl. I almost want to find a way to get a record player set up and then just find one somewhere. Yeah, and yeah, they saw I could go to Fred Meyer or Walmart and just buy one. Yeah, because like with the resurgence of it, you know, you can. I know, like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, they usually will release uh, vinyl. And um, yeah, they release all sorts of new stuff on vinyl. Like if you go. I was walking by the mall and I saw on a Hot Topic they had like a, a stash of just vinyl. Hmm. And I'm like, huh. I have never bought a record in my entire life. I haven't either, but I kind of would like to have... Like, could you imagine listening to classic horror soundtracks mm-hmm. on vinyl? That would be sick. With the pops and stuff? Yeah. Freaking awesome. Yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got all stoked for a second. <clears throat> I'll see you later, Brandon. He's going to the record store. I'm going to talk about Candyman. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. A review aggregator reports that 74% of 54 surveyed critics gave the film a positive review. Hmm. The average uh, rating was 6.37 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, though it ultimately sacrifices some mystery in the name of gory thrills, Candyman is a nuanced, effectively chilling tale that benefits from an interesting premise and some fine performances. All movie praised the film, calling it haunting intelligent and poetic and the finest marker adaptation ever committed to film. Uh, Roger Ebert of the uh, Chicago Sun times wrote elements of the plot may not hold up in the clear light of day, but that didn't bother me much. What I liked was a horror movie that was scaring me with the ideas of gore instead of simply with gore. Janet Maslin of the New York times compared it to an elaborate campfire story with an unusual high, unusually high interest in social issues. Kevin Thomas of the Los Angeles Times called the film Clive Barker's worst to date. An ambitious... That took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. And, um, an, an ambitious but pretentious film that quickly became as repellent as it's uh, preposterous. As it is preposterous. Fuck you, dude. No kidding. <laughs> A variety called it uh, an upper register horror item that delivers the requisite shocks and gore, but doesn't cheap or cop out. Audiences polled by CinemaScore gave the film an average grade of C plus of an A plus to F scale. Fair enough. What would you What would you give it? Um, I think just thinking back and even just listening to those reviews, because I. When I was watching it, I was like, you know, I wish they'd shown more of the gore, mm-hmm. but that's also just kind of the conditioning of the day. But thinking about it now, I'm kind of glad they didn't. Yeah, less is definitely more. Well, because then, then they show the aftermath, and it just, like said, it leaves it to your imagination. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, shit, like, I don't know what happened here, but it was some crazy bad shit. And they do show some of the deaths. Well, the sound, yeah, the sound effects definitely helped with that too, because oh, yeah. like, like when you he's hear the ripping and stuff, and it's just like, oh, oh good ha- lord! Like when he's ripping up through the back of that doctor, yeah, and I'm like, ew, right? I go B. You go B. I was thinking uh, probably around B, my uh, B to B plus, yeah. solid B. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, a, like I said, Peel doing a remake just makes so much damn sense. I'm amazed it's taken this long. Right. Like, 
Oh. After watching Get Out and Us, which I love. I know. We'll I have Us, and point. I still need to watch it. I haven't. And it's... I, I can't wait to see what he does with this. Yeah. Um, I still need to buy Get Out, because I want... I like. We'll it's a out. great... Wait. I did buy it. Never mind. I have both of them. I just uh-huh. haven't... Uh, I just haven't watched Us yet, but I haven't watched a lot of things I need to watch. Um, finish Firefly. I'm done. I'm done with Firefly, which has nothing to do with what we're what we're talking about. But it's important. God damn it! Now they can stop fucking with me at work. Um, the film, the film's legacy, came in at number seventy-five on Bravo's hundred scariest movie moments. The character Candyman came in at number eight on Bloody Disgusting's the thir- the top thirteen slashers in horror movie history. It's not too bad. And ranked the same on Ugo's top eleven slashers. The actor who played Candyman, Tony Todd, made number 53 on Retro Crush's The 100 Greatest Horror Movie Performances for his role. Um, the film appears in two sections of filmsite.org's Greatest Scariest Movie Moments and Scene. Greatest greatest Scariest Movie Moments and, and Scene and Greatest Movie Twist, Spoilers, and Surprising Ending. God, that was fair enough. Really <laughs> weird to read. Whatever you just said, that sounds good. Because the way it was, the I way. Yep. Yeah, okay. Fuck <laughs> it's you. A lot of ands. Yeah, well, there was a lot of ands, but there was also nothing separating the two. So I thought it was just one long title. And I'm like, and two, and two, and two. Copy and paste, letting me down. Um, in 2001, the American Film Institute nominated this film for AFI's Hundred Years, A Hundred Thrills. Mm-hmm. The 2020 film. In September of 2018, it was announced that Jordan Peele was in talks to produce a sequel of the 1992 film using his company, Monkey Paw Productions. Todd stated in a 2018 interview with Nightmare on Film Street, I'd rather have Peele do it, someone with intelligence, who's going to be thoughtful and dig into the whole racial makeup of who Candyman is and why he existed in the first place. In November, I just got goosebumps because <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like one hundred, like you can't put it any better. Mm-hmm. In November of 2018, it was confirmed that Peel would produce the film with Universal and MGM, and will partner with Win Rosenfeld to co-produce the film. While Nia DaCosta signed on as director, um, the film this the film will serve as a spiritual sequel taking place back in the new gentrified Cabrini Green, where the old house, housing project uh, development once stood in Chicago. Film uh, was due to commence in spring. Filming was due to commence in spring of 2019. So it should be done uh, by now or yeah, soon to be right. Um, in January of 2019, it was reported that uh, Lakeith Stanfield known for FX's Atlanta and sorry to bother you, would possibly star in the film, but not as the main titular character, rather as an older version of Anthony McCoy. Now, a visual artist who takes on an interest in seeking the legend of Candyman, similar to Helen Lyle's character played by Virginia Madsen, there is still no word as to who will be playing or who will be starring in the film, and if Todd or any past cast will reprise their role. However, in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Todd spoke of Peel stating. I know he's a fan. I'm hoping I will appear in the film in some form of fashion. Wouldn't that make sense? But it's Hollywood, so I won't take it personally if for some reason it doesn't work out. He also added, if this new one is is successful 
it will shed light back on the original. I think the subject matter is more important than any individuals, and I mean that. In two thousand, oh, in February, oops, in February, I accidentally clicked on my phone. Um, in February nineteen, uh, in February of twenty nineteen, uh, Yah uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen the second mm-hmm. was in talks to play the titular t- uh, titu- titular titular titular. I don't know why I said it the first time in that like it <laughs> like I'm so bad at talking. Uh, stated it's a good thing we don't do that. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't listen. What? In response to the news, Todd gracefully offered his blessings, passing the torch on Twitter, stating, Cheers to Candyman, a, wonder char- a wonderful character I've lived with for 25 years. He's brought uh, grace and glory and a beautiful boatload of friends and family. I'm honored that the spirit of Daniel Robitaille and Cabrini Green rises again. Truth to power, blessings to the cast and crew. However... Twist. It was ultimately announced that Todd would reprise his role. If Beale Street could talk, actress Tiona Paris, sorry if I butchered that, was cast opposite in playing Stanfield's character, Anthony's girlfriend. Other ca- other added cast are Fear the Walking Dead star Coleman Domingo and Misfits star Nathan Stewart Jarrett. Production for the uh, film began in August of 2019 hmm. and wrapped in September of 2019 in Chicago, Illinois. The working title of the film was revealed on some of the cast and crew social media pages as Say My Name, uh-huh. <laughs> which was discreetly used in the revised scripts and production sets to keep things flying under the radar. There is uh, no official word if the title used will be Candyman, Say My Name, or just simply Candyman. <clears throat> and so that was chunky. Um, I'm going to skim through because I, I went and found some fun facts about the movie. Huh. And we'll scream. We'll, uh, we'll scream. <laughs> did I say scream? Yeah, we'll we'll uh, scan through these and see. I'm going to leave out the ones that we already covered. So Candyman's title sequence was bra- uh, groundbreaking. The film's opening credits feature a great aerial view of Chicago, which was pretty pretty revolutionary for its time. We did that with an incredible new machine called the Skycam, which can shoot up to a 500-millimeter lens with no vibra- uh, vibration. Rose told The Independent, You've never seen that shot before, at least not done that smoothly. Um, not all the film's creepy details sprung from Clive Barker's imagination. While, while investigating one of Ca- uh, Candyman's crime scenes, Helen and Bernie discover the design of the apartment's medicine cabinet made it possible for made it possible point of entry for an intruder. This was not a made-up piece of horror. This was um, one that we covered earlier on that mm-hmm. actually happened. Uh, Bernard Rose sees Candyman as a romantic figure, which makes sense because of the way that it's portrayed in there. Sure. Um, the bees in the film were actually bred specifically to appear on screen, so all the bees okay. are re- all the bees are real. So they were, uh, their parents was a big camera, and just put it in the hive. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> no, I think that like all the bees that you saw on Candyman were real. Yeah, not necessarily the ones that you see like flying in the sky sure, and whatnot. Sure. But um, let's see, the bees weren't great news for uh, Virginia Madsen. 
she had got up uh, she had got up close and personal with those bees and in fact almost forced her to pass on the roll. When Bernie was uh, first asking me to do it, I said, well, I can't. I'm allergic to bees. He said, no, you're not allergic to bees. You're just afraid. <laughs> Fuck your allergies. <laughs> so I had to go to UCLA. And then and, after she died. <clears throat> right. Uh, so I had to go to UCLA and get tested because he didn't believe me. I tested for em- every kind of venom. I was far more allergic to wasps, he said. We'll just have the paramedics there. <laughs> It'll be fine. Jesus. You know, actors will do anything for a paycheck. So fine. I'll be covered with bees. That's hilarious. And pass. And pass. <laughs> um, many of the film sh- uh, scenes were shot at Cabrini Green. Um, in 2011, the last remaining high-rise in the Cabrini Green housing project was demolished. Over the years, the property, which opened in 1942, gained a notorious reputation around the world for being a haven for violence, drugs, gangs, and other criminal activities. No kidding. While the project's real-life history weaves its way into the narrative of Candyman, it only makes sense that Rose would want to shoot there, which he did. But in order to gain permission to shoot on location, he had to agree to cast some of the residents as extras. Hmm. Which makes sense. It's like, hey, you're going to shoot here? You better fucking... Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Root beer. Um... Candyman is still the role that uh, Virginia Madsen is most recognized for, especially at airports. Okay. There was there was an actual Candyman killer through uh, the Chicago-based legend of Candyman. Oh, though the Chicago-based legend of Candyman is a work of fiction, there was an actual serial killer known as Candyman or the Candyman between 1970 and 1973. Dean Coral kidnapped, tortured and murdered at least 28 young boys in the Houston area. Coral earned his sweet nickname from the fact that his family owned a candy factory. <clears throat> Excuse mm. me. And I got all that information off of uh, mentalfloss.com, and it was an article written, written, an, ar- <laughs> an article written in uh, 2017 by Jennifer M. Wood. Mm. The last one real quick before we get into that. Um... So exterior hallway and stairway scenes were actually filmed for a few days in the infamous Cabrini Green housing projects. Though the, though the producers had to make a deal with the ruling gang members to put them in the movies as extras to ensure that the cast and crew safety, oh, to ensure the cast and crew safety during filming. Even with this arrangement, a sniper put a bullet through the window of a production fan on the last day of filming, though Jesus. nobody was injured. Well, um, all right, though. <clears throat> Right. Um, uh, Tony, this movie, this is uh, Tony Todd's favorite role and movie of his own. Um, Fair enough. The effects crew had a blacksmith make Candyman's hook, but when they went to pick it up, the blacksmith refused to sell it to them. Once he heard it was for a Clive Barker horror movie, the devout Christian blacksmith had misgivings about the project. I thought it was just going to be used to kill people, but you're uh, going to move it in a horror movie? Screw no, how that. dare you, right? Um, Virginia Madsen was hypnotized and given a trigger phrase on set for her scenes with Candyman. Madsen grew increasingly uncomfortable with this method, so she asked for it to be canceled. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, Sweets to the Sweet, which was written at the, cri- uh, the crime scenes, is a line from William Shakespeare's Hamlet. Hmm. Uh, she, uh, Madsen claims that she was hypnotized for some of the scenes, films, film scenes. Um, director Bernard Rose had Virginia Madsen and Tony Todd take ballroom dancing classes together so that they would have more of a romantic connection when playing their characters. Uh, the Candyman's Lair was designed to look like a gothic church constructed by the people who believed in him living in Cabrini Green. Hmm. Um, in, in, in an in a in a August 2011 interview with uh, Cindy Perlman of the Chicago Times, Sun Times, Tony Todd stated, "I'll never forget that I filmed that movie in a building on the south side of Chicago, Building 116, Unit C." That's the Candyman's pad. <laughs> um, yeah, and there's there's a bunch more, so we'll just For go sure. ahead and uh, dive off. into the old film itself. Word. I love this movie. I've said it many times before, and I will say it until I no longer am alive. Fair enough. Uh, it's a great movie. It will always have a special place in my heart as being the movie that scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Like people have the exorcist, whatever Candyman is that movie for me. And yeah, I still watch, like I, like I'm not scared by movies, but I, <laughs> I was laying on the couch. I actually got up and I turned the light on when I was watching this movie. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know if it was out of habit. Like I wasn't scared, Yeah, but I'm like, just made you feel better. Boom. <laughs> um, Broke all the mirrors in the house. Right. I'm like, Ooh, shit. So, I didn't really go through and take a whole lot of notes for this movie. But luckily I did. And I emailed them to you. Right. And that's (laughs) why I text you saying, hey, take good notes for this movie. (laughs) Because. (laughs) Because I don't want. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't. I don't like taking notes. Fair enough. Um, But I did do a scorecard. Hey. Yeah. Do you remember it? Is it there? I didn't delete it this week. Um, I'm so proud of you. So. I'm just looking to see, because like, like I told you, I really didn't take a whole lot of notes for this, so I'm just going to have it pulled up on the back there. Um, okay. So with your notes, you wrote down, uh, looking like basically talking about the intro, mm-hmm. about the aerial shot and yeah. how the names slide by. It did stand out to me, and I think it's interesting that you then said that it was like revolutionary almost, mm-hmm. because... Watching it, I was like, I've kind of seen this before-ish, mm-hmm. but it still made an impression to the point where I felt the need to say something about it. Well, yeah, because I, I had written down, I was talking, like, the thing is, like, the intro to that movie is is super unique. Yeah. Um, and maybe not so much anymore, but at the time, mm-hmm. like, the way that the credits, boom, boom, came in in different which directions and all yeah. that kind of added this cool unique vibe to it and the movie it, or the not the movie but sorry but the music yeah it's, oh, it's haunting mm-hmm. very eerie and it's just whew. and then you get into his opening monologue and yep, what you my quoted quote. earlier Ooh, it's such a good quote it is it's <clears throat> i don't know how anyone that who's not tony todd could have delivered that and had it be quite as impactful i mean it's a great line mm-hmm. but that coupled with his voice, which was not always easy to hear and understand whilst watching it, but right. still, right, is like 
I, I get why he is so impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then... <laughs> but then, your boy, your I'm, bad boy, Ted Raimi... <laughs> I saw it and I went, no. <laughs> like, huh? And I went, fuck, it is fucking Ted Raimi. And then they made him a super cool bad boy, which he is not. He's the fun. He is something <laughs> else. He's in Spider-Man. That's all that matters. It, what was he in, in Spider-Man? Because it doesn't surprise me that he was in a Sam Raimi movie. Well, yeah, it's his brother. Uh, no shit. <laughs> How many... <laughs> How many Raimis do you know? Six? Two. He was um, Hoffman in the Daily Bugle. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Jameson's little sniveling assistant or whatever yeah. the hell he was. I got you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And then my next note is there's nothing hotter than summoning a killer as foreplay. Yeah. Like Yeah, he's all Well the the fucked up part about that is is that's like if you listen to the like the narration of it or like the I think that it wasn't a uh the boy was telling a story or somebody was telling a story about what I think happened. It was a girl was telling oh, her friend no. the story of the <clears throat> It was that that um she was interviewing that white boy white guy at the was that that in the beginning that goofy looking guy that yeah but that was the second that was after this okay okay um so yeah but if you listen to it was like a girl telling her friend the story or right something. if you and yeah if you listen to them talk about that like she had a boyfriend and Ted Raimi was not her boyfriend. <laughs> oh, how fugly looking was her boyfriend that Ted Raimi was the cool the hot to trot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like she had him not come over that night and then she invited the other dude over and it's like, oh shit. And then to go upstairs and then be like, say his name a bunch of times, be like, well, I'm not saying no, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I feel like there's, uh, she already has her shirt off at that point and it's like, aren't there other things we could be doing <laughs> than summoning a killer in the mirror? Right. Um, there's no alligators in, in the sewers, teacher says. They always say there's no alligators in the sewers. <laughs> but we all know the lizard is real. Yes. Amen to that. Um, a slew of unsolved mysteries downtown. I should have took fucking notes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Don't fucking punish me for not wanting to take notes. Um. I'm not trying to. This is just my refresher. So she is the slew of unsolved murders. So she's at the. Yeah, they're School. doing they're, they're doing research for the thesis. Yeah, yeah. this is before she talks to the janitor ladies. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that because later on she does the Candyman thing in the mirror mm-hmm. and nothing happens, which they kind of later explain ish as to why that was. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was kind of it made it feel at the time like it was just kind of localized to this downtown region right like if you say it there you're screwed yeah but if you say it outside of there you're not but i don't know if that's necessarily true i think it was just the long con Mm -hmm. of trying to suck her in to potentially i think that's what like i I feel like if anyone well even at the end when the husband says her name spoilers (laughs) right it works there right well but I mean, also like, and if it worked on Ted Raimi, <laughs> it I like I guess long con could be the way to put that because, um, like when she's out 
photographing later on like she has no idea what's going on she doesn't see him but then when she's doing the slideshow she could see his silhouette Mm -hmm. and so it's like he is following her and watching her and all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but super unnaturally i guess i mean he's he has all sorts of wacky powers so i mean i suppose he could be right sure why not and then we get the story of Ruthie Jean getting hooked open. Right. Which was brutal. Yeah. Well, and the the other thing, too, is like when they were talking about Ted Raimi, and I like how they talk about how he his hair turned white from fear. Mm-hmm. And then it was brought up again later, and she's like, oh, okay. So, you know, we have a, this instance happening multiple times. Like, it's already kind of like planting that seed of it actually being a reality and, you yeah. know, kind of being fearful well and that's it's not what i was expecting because i mean i know it was a slasher movie and shit but i wasn't expecting this sort of long drawn out there's a lot of story yeah a lot of story and it was pretty interesting but it was like i I wasn't expecting it Mm -hmm. i was expecting you know a gut up you know slasher like it's a really smart yeah it's not yeah it's not just doing it for doing it it's a very midnight meat train which makes a a lot of sense because it's Clive Barker. Yeah. But you get that sort of slow burn and you get little glimpses of what Mahogany's doing, but you don't get the full breadth of it until Bradley Cooper is deep in it. Right. And that's more or less what happens here. Yeah. There is a lot of parallels. Yeah. Makes sense. Um. So she does say it. She says it for, oh, the fake wall behind the mirror. In the next apartment. So. I didn't think that was a real thing. I mm-hmm. thought that was very strange. And now that I'm hearing that it could be a real thing, that's disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. me glad I. It makes me want to take down every mirror in my house and be like, <laughs> real wall? Real, real wall? wall? Can somebody get in here? <laughs> like, get out of here, old lady. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's fucked up, dude. Like, yeah. that whole thing, like, I couldn't go in the bathroom for a little bit just because I'm like <laughs> is somebody gonna fucking like bust through this window like oh and just to be how ballsy Helen is about like you know oh fuck it I'm gonna climb through this window later on mm-hmm. like or mirror the hole in the wall yeah like what are you done <laughs> well I get, get to that in my her. notes it's like she is incredibly ballsy for a place that she'd probably in real life be killed within about 10 to 15 minutes yeah, yeah there's no way there's no way um so Trevor gets in bed in the most horrified yeah dude if I did that to my wife she would be pissed <laughs> it's like he sneaks up on the floor and then just like jumps onto the bed from the freaking foot of yeah it. it's, it's like, like like a macho man elbow drop <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i'm coming up here yeah i got you three minutes <laughs> three minutes of playtime <laughs> ted <laughs> raimi <laughs> i like how we're drawing all these fucking spider-man references oh, to shit. talk about candy man and then we can watch drag me to hell oh oh sam it- raimi oh. Fair enough. I think I only saw it once for I good did reasons. I didn't like it. I wasn't a fan either. Um, so the most '90s gang ever in blue and purple. Go Hornets! <laughs> you don't remember the Hornets? Yeah, the New Orleans or Charlotte Hornets, New Orleans Hornets. 
I didn't remember where they were from. That's why I just put hornets. I actually have a binder full of trading cards. That's the hornets. Yeah, <laughs> I um, I remember when the Charlotte Hornet came to the Sun Dome and mm. was doing like is it might have been at a Sun Kings game or something where they Probably. were doing. Like yeah, that a, sounds vaguely familiar. Did a, a, just like a, a demonstration or whatever, mm-hmm. and I remember walking behind, and this is when I was younger. I I didn't, not that I thought that like they were real or anything like that, obviously, but it was kind of fucked up. I was walking behind it, and I could see the seam, mm-hmm. and I could see through the costume <laughs> in the back. And I'm like, fuck, you're man. not a real hornet. You're not a real fucking baby blue hornet that kind of happened to me at disneyland which was much worse because there you do think like oh it's the actual character and mm-hmm. they're right there i could like Dream see shattered. the seam in the but it's almost like it had like just a snap in the top and you had like the fucking <laughs> the crease in the back you could see through and i'm like hmm. you sit on the throne of lies <laughs> um, you're not a real hornet right you never were yep sweets to the sweet uh would never just walk into someone's place there it's just she's so freaking ballsy. Like, yeah, she's like, hey, let's I'm this just blonde go white woman. The... I'm just gonna go anywhere I want, wherever I want. Nothing's yeah. bad's gonna happen to me. And it's no. like wrong. <laughs> what do you? I mean, nothing bad did happen, but in real life, not a movie. You'd be dead at least six times before she even got up the stairs. She's like, but my friend's black, and it's like, like no, that doesn't count. You're 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 that's lucky. That's not how that works. That's not it. <laughs> helps, but it's not how that works. Um. Yeah, just never walk into there. And the thing, like, that whole... Oh, just creepy, dude. And I remember when she goes into that gross-ass place. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because it was... And I don't mean gross-ass place, like the complex. Just that room was so run down. It almost looked like it had caught on fire. Yeah. It was so dirty, like, dried blood looking. Like, you had mm-hmm. no idea what was going on. And then... I made sure that she was wearing gloves. <laughs> like when she was climbing through the hole, I was like, is she wearing gloves? Because I would just not touch a thing. No, it, it had like dirty rest stop vibe. Yeah. Um, Everywhere. But yeah, when she crawled through the hole Including in the Including the dirty rest stop. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that one. Um, but yeah, cr- uh, crawls through the hole and doesn't see the giant uh, Candyman mural mm-hmm. behind the her, screaming which mouth. I was like, "Oh, that's scary!" <laughs> and then to have the fucking candy um, with the razor blade in it. Yeah, that was interesting, and I kind of wish that they had gone back to that because they don't really go into why he's called Candyman. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, it, I, it would make more sense if like, it's almost like yeah, they just put this in here and be like, "This is why he could be called Candyman yeah. if he's killing," you know, to t- to tie in that mi- that like. And it's not a myth or anything like that because people can and did do that, like mm-hmm. put razors in candy bars and then do, um, you know, poison candies, whatever. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's almost like they're just like, well, if we put this in here, then, you know, maybe they'll get the rest from it later. Yeah. I don't know. It was almost like, it, and the candy looked new. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the kids there made a shrine or something for the Candyman, maybe. Like an offering? Maybe. It's possible because like what we saw in the notes when they were talking about how um, they wanted it, his lair to look gothic, churchy, like it was built as a for him. Yeah. Like that, like honor. That seems to, like that ties into that. Right. Um, 
And so, yeah, that's right next to Anne Marie's apartment with mm-hmm. her ever vigilant dog. <laughs> Briefly. <sighs> if that dog is on your fucking list. <laughs> no, I thought about it, but no. You're like, it was so startling. It was I wasn't expecting it. And then I saw Ted on the fucking floor and I was like, oh, God. It, oh. That's fucking brutal for the 80s. Well, 92. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal for the okay. early 90s. <laughs> right, fair enough. Um, and so... Are we? We're not at that part already, are we? Are we we're, already at Ruth? No, we're this, chugging the fuck along here. No, uh, well, yeah, because I went forty-five minutes on the fucking intro. Jesus Christ! Yeah, let's, well, dude, we're let's, only at we're at not even at an hour yet. So, well, all right, calm let's do your that. Teeth. Let's... Don't shake them at me, <laughs> fucking snack. <laughs> yeah, crackle um, pop. So the Candyman legend, arm sawed off, stung to death. Um, I didn't catch the whole thing because it was kind of hard to hear. So, Candyman is the son of a slave. Mm-hmm. Uh, falls in love with... And you get more of the story in the sequels. Mm. So, Candyman 2... I have it on my... I have... Because, see, the thing is, I have 1 and 2 on my Voodoo, but I could, 3 is not on there. I don't know why it's it's mm. weird. But I think three is on Amazon Prime. And so I kind of thought about finishing up and watching those ones. But um, if my memory is right, it he falls in love with the daughter of the plantation owner, which right. comes into the forbidden um, love part because mm-hmm. that was no-nos, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so that was what they did is they, they uh, chased him. Uh, tied him to a tree stump, I think, or they, or he fell by a tree stump, something. So mm-hmm. they cut his hand off and then they covered his body in honey and then he was stung to death by bees. And I'm sure there's a lot more to that story and I'll know when I add it to, because like I said, I'm going to watch the sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, there's so many things I want to watch. I'm like, oh, I'm done with that. Now I can watch Creepshow. Now you I need to make a list. Yeah. Now I want to watch Haunt. I want yeah. to watch... Uh, Midsummer. Mid. I need to, I have to watch Midsummer. I need to watch Us. I need to watch, um, I want to watch... Uh, My Little Pony too. I mean, there's all sorts <laughs> of stuff. I want to watch this, uh, Scream 4 again, because yeah, I, I haven't that. seen that one in a while. It's just an Especially with the news of Scream 5. Uh-huh. Or I mean, Scream Reboot. Reboot. Yeah, either way. Those. I mean, we've... We've never really been a news podcast because no. Justin doesn't want to do it. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, he doesn't want to date our episodes. Fair and it makes sense. But it, yeah, I actually was going to kind of open with that and I completely forgot. Like, there's been a lot of talk just in the last couple of weeks of so many reboots and sequels to classic horror Did you shit. see that Robert England's teasing coming back one more time as Freddy again? Oh, fucking course. He says that like once a week, though. Yeah. Is it going to be in the Goldbergs again? No, that was super cool, though. No, I, I shared I it to our Facebook page, so... Mm, I must have missed that. Well, you share a lot of stuff. I miss I miss some stuff. Yeah, just You're really do yourself a favor. At the end of the day, just go through and scroll and see what I'm sharing, because... That's some good stuff. That's... And I, I try to participate as much as I can in is, giving him new material. Yeah, he'll, yeah, you're pretty good about... I don't boarding. comment unless I 
think of something funny to say or relevant. That's because you don't want to link yourself to the actual page. <laughs> You're like, don't tag my name name in there. <laughs> I don't want people to find me. Um, Man of mystery. Not even close. I am Batman. Alrighty. And so um, the garbage pile, garbage pile bonfire party. Um, that was just creepy in and of itself. Yeah, just where, like, just a giant bonfire, which sounds super cool. Yeah, like I love fire. Cool. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> like, I love burning things. Yeah, it's I, awesome. I do. I'm a big fan of fire. Um, With your auburn hair. It's <laughs> shut up, Flash. <laughs> um, where do I go here? So, little boy killed on toilet. Searching bathroom, toilet of bees. Oh, so that's the story that he's told, that uh, she's told by the little boy. Yeah. And then he's like, you want to find the candy man? He's in there. And then she goes, yeah. And then she goes in there and then like it says sweets to the sweet again on the wall. Mm -hmm. And it almost looks like it's smeared in shit. I was hoping for blood, but it either could way, be it's blood, bad. but there it had a three dimensional texture to it, though. <laughs> Did you notice that? Like it almost. You no, know, looked... I didn't stare that close. <laughs> well, be a little more analytical then. Nope. Pay attention to um, the shit on the walls. I was the I only problem I have with that scene is that based on the kid's story and what we saw of the stall just being caked in blood mm-hmm. that was remarkably clean compared to everything else in that rest stop to well, me well oh oh you mean the bathroom itself was clean like that stall the stall that the kid supposedly died in oh like i'm trying to remember like i didn't get to watch this last night true. um it was four days ago yeah. yeah so i watched it three weeks ago uh, been there <laughs> <laughs> yeah have you though <laughs> Yeah. No, it was not even... Remember, it was... Mm-mm. Don't fucking start with me, you piece of shit. Um, so, yeah, he's telling the story. He goes in there. He see, uh, She sees the toilet... Toilet OBs. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this uh, guy comes walking in with his posse. He's got a trench coat on. He's holding a hook. He's on the Candyman, bitch. <laughs> and he fucking Rick just James. pops her right in the fucking head with it. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, ouch. <laughs> That's not very nice. Candyman would kill you, not hit you on the head. But if Candyman was in there, he'd probably kill you for hitting his Helen. So. True story. Right. Well, and then they don't, I don't know, they don't really go into anything else they might have done to her post that. She had hell of a shiner. Mm-hmm. And then they did this weird time jump thing where like a month passed. Because it's like, oh, yeah, and then our, our next scene, they catch the guys that did it. Yeah. Which is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of unsolved crime, but you found the, the toilet guy. That's cool. <laughs> hey, CPD's on it, dude. Yeah, I guess so. Um, they catch Helen at least six times. Like, <laughs> they're like, we're, they're like, Helen, we're, we're, you're not making this easy on us. Like, we're trying to, like, work with you here. But you just keep killing people. Stop supposedly. waking up in piles of blood. Like, like beds I, are nice too. Yeah, when mm-hmm. we get to the part to where she wakes up in uh, Anne Marie's apartment, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that yeah. a little. We'll, bit. we'll do a little bit more of a pause. Um. So yeah, she gets the pictures. She's uh she's all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, all, all the while Trevor is never around. Yeah. Um. They kind of 
hint at like is he being extra marital because like they show she uh, earlier on she goes into his classroom and mm-hmm. you know there's the the group of kids standing around him and then there's the pretty young blonde that you know they kind of hint at and she's like you know who's that and he's like oh it's nobody but then the way she walks out when she says bye it's like she's all fuck you wife yeah. you know and then like you don't really see her again and then she just they kind of make it seem like, oh, I got to go back to school and do this, even though it's 8.30 at night. Like, mm-hmm. right. I didn't yeah. really even pick up on that that much. Really? You didn't get the vibe? Well, see, that's the thing, too, because, I mean, it might, it could be just because I've seen it so many times. Sure. But it's like, they do kind of wrestle with this idea of, like, is he being a piece of shit? Or, mm-hmm. you know, is he, because when he's there with her, you know, he's he's attentive. He's yeah. In the moment, like he seems all right, mm-hmm. but then they they still have that you know seed of infidelity kind of planted in there to where you're like, is he though? And that's what's so weird, I guess. Thinking back, because I had him on my card as someone I wanted to die because I had a he just a weird vibe about him. But then as the movie went on, it was like, oh, he's incredibly there for her, even though she's potentially murdered brutally yeah several things yes <laughs> like, and we'll 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 get to uh you know grand reveals as time goes on but, um, but it was like as it was happening and he kept being like yeah i'm here for you and supportive and all that yeah. shit I was like good for you you might be a better husband than i'll ever be like <laughs> oh i don't know man <laughs> not for you though no dummy <laughs> i was gonna say you seem i mean You've Let's been, move on. You've been married long enough. I'm I'm sure you're a fine enough husband. I'm good enough sometimes. So she's going, and this is what we touched on a little bit ago. She's going through the pictures that she took at Cabrini Green, and that's when she does somehow notice his upper silhouette. Well, she puts him in the... The projector. Yeah, the projector, and she starts clicking through him. Which is probably... Um... I'm all thinking, I'm trying to, I was like, oh, you know, one of the top projector scenes <laughs> in a horror movie. And I'm trying to think of this. I'm yeah. trying to, th- well, yeah, I was thinking that because I'm like, now this one's really creepy. And I think it's scary because you don't actually see his face. You kind of see the top of his mm-hmm. coat and then you can kind of see the outline of the top of his head and that's it. Can't make anything else out. And you could almost be like, is that really getting goosebumps? I'm like, is that really that? <laughs> Like the it thing is is creepy, but yeah. then it's ruined by a giant it coming out of the wall. <laughs> you know, but um, gotta start coming up with some top some top lists of moments like best projector scenes and in, in you know horror movies or this you know. and it. Huh? We just did this and it. <laughs> well, I, well, I was thinking because I mean I want to say I thought there was another one. I mean I'd have, we'd have to look into it, but yeah, I think so. Um, can't, so. Candyman arrives. Helen. 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 I came for you. When she's walking through the the parking complex. Because, like, when you see him for the first time and he's standing there, he's got his arms behind his back looking real respectful. Mm hmm. You know, it's quite the reveal. He's like he's he got looks the big coat on. He got the big coat. Looks like he's wearing chef pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I say that because, like, the black and white. Uh huh. 
pants. Mm-hmm. They look like chef pants, you know, the nice casual shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that there's nothing going on under the jacket. <laughs> like, no, he's not no, wearing no. like a fancy shirt or nothing. It's all just, you know, it's, it's no puffy shirt. Sure. But, um, you know, looking, looking casual as hell. Mm-hmm. And then not really, not that physically imposing as well. Like he doesn't look like a, he's, but he's, he's not big and hulking. No, but he's got a way about him, and that it's a his, swagger. It's a yeah. real confident like. And the way he kind of contorts his face, and I don't mean like a weird way, but just like the the expressive. contours, yeah, very expressive. And then of course mixed with the voice, it's like you're creepy. Like now replace him with Eddie Murphy and go donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> And in the morning, I'm making waffles. Yeah, no, it. <laughs> I I almost kind of want to see, and it's not that I don't think that Eddie Murphy couldn't do it, because as we've learned that scares and punchlines are not all that dissimilar from each other. Yeah. Like horror comedy. They both make you feel things at just different and it's similar mechanics. Exactly. Different ends of the spectrum. And... and so it's like you can make people laugh. I mean, we've seen Robin Williams go f- being eternally hilarious mm-hmm. to one, one hour, hour photo, photo insomnia yeah. creepy. Um Death to Smoochie was strange. Death to Smoochie was great. Yeah. I have <laughs> it's small but it's fierce. <laughs> um you have uh Peel doing all of his horror stuff. Right. And Chris Car- Rock is doing the saws. Right, and Jim Carrey in uh, the number twenty three. That was a good movie. Yeah, he's like, it's not impossible to imagine yeah. the flip. Now, excuse me, Eddie Murphy. You, I've never really seen that serious. Like Will Smith. Will Smith is funny as hell. Mm-hmm. But then can flip and turn and do the super serious. So I could see him doing. I mean, he'd be an horror. interesting Candyman. I'd rather see Will Smith than than Eddie Murphy. That's but that's just also because I've seen Will Smith be serious. Yeah. I feel like he could be. We just haven't seen it yeah, or that, seen that's enough what of I mean. it to where it's like okay. Yeah. But then again, would would Candyman, if say it was Will Smith, would it suffer from the Will Smith effect? Oh yeah. <laughs> Where, I mean, like, in, like what, in the like early the 90s, squad. maybe not. You know what I mean? Like, it's just when you are this level mm-hmm. of fucking celebrity, like, there's not many of them out there. You know, four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise level. Yeah. Where it's like, it's not really him as a character, it's just, just him. him. Yeah. And other like, people are there too. Yeah. Like, Brad Pitt's always the same. You know, Will Smith is always the same. Tom Cruise, they're always the same, just interchangeable names and mm-hmm. storylines. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't. It'd be an interesting experiment, but yeah. I'm okay with it never happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it too, and I'm, I'm glad that Todd is able to reprise the role, and I'm curious to see how and what they're gonna do with that because yeah. he doesn't look that bad now. No, I mean, he looks more or less the same. Yeah. Well, and that's what's nice, I guess, about it being a more or less sequel. If it was a reboot, I'd say, okay, let's find someone else so that we can, you know, make a bit of a franchise out of it. Right. But since it's a sequel, I'm glad that 
he's back. A spiritual just for, sequel. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing too, is because with, with his voice, it's like James Earl Jones mm-hmm. to have a voice, and it, I mean, I don't think that you can put Tony Todd level of stardom with James Earl Jones of course but I mean to be to have like the iconic voice to be recognized and be like if you hear a person say a line you're like hey holy shit that's Gilbert Gottfried like I recognize (laughs) that voice Mm -hmm. right um I just I if he like I would watch the reboot even if he wasn't in it but I don't think I would like it as much just because I think that the character and the voice go hand in hand yeah at least for my fears, it does. It does, you know. Um, I mean, it's what not to keep side tangenting. It's just taking forever already. But uh, Robert England doing not doing the new nightmare. Like I think if Robert England had been Freddy in the reboot, no one would have cared, and it would have been like it would have been much more well received. Well, and I honestly think that with the nightmare reboot remake whatever that if see the thing is is England is so iconic as that character that you know was it Earl Haley Haley Jackie Earl Haley yeah Rorschach yeah he didn't it's it's almost unfair like you can't you can't live up to that it's no because the only other person to it's not like Myers or Voorhees, and it's the same thing that happened with Will Smith and and as the genie in the yeah. Aladdin King, in the Aladdin King, <laughs> in, in the <laughs> in, in Aladdin, the Aladdin King mermaid. <laughs> as it's the same thing as uh, Will Smith in yeah. Aladdin. Like they're like, oh my god, no, we can't. I mean, the the genie is is um, Robin Williams. It can't yeah. be anybody else. However, just, it also unfortunately couldn't be Robin Williams. Well, rest in peace. But yeah, so it's like, no matter how well he did, the, the, it, or whatever, whatever, like the shadow is too great and mm-hmm. you can't, I don't think that you can f- like objectively, Whoa. yeah, <laughs> Ooh, there was a lot of animation there. <laughs> I don't think that you can like be objective in yeah. your critiques of the movie just because of the fact that it's. You know, it's not a mask. Yeah, it's too well connected, and yeah, yeah. Um, so Anywho. it is Helen in a candy trance. The hook hand be my victim. I use that be my victim gif a lot. <laughs> <laughs> More than you should, maybe. Probably. <laughs> um, but see, the thing is, is I did write down in my notes that um, I so I did write down Trevor's a dick. Hmm. Cabrini Green is a rough complex. Um, I said she's a crazy white woman. I said, let's just climb through a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. And then I got to this part where it was a lot of a lot of lighting of the eyes. Like they did a lot of like, they almost like they were showing, uh, highlighting the fact that she was like under this trance, yeah. you know, hypnotized by him. But it was just like subtle. Like it's almost like somebody shined a very light light and just illuminated her eyes yeah. or like from her forehead to like the bridge of her nose kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I'm like, they did that a lot. So I'm wondering if that has to do with the fact that she was hypnotized maybe for real. And during that time, or if that's mm-hmm. just that she's under like 
entranced by him. Him, yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to the long con. Like he was obviously playing her mm-hmm. and trying to lure her to a certain point. I'm not entirely sure what that point was, right? And why he was going about it the way he was, but. It seems like that's what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, just kind of uh, leading her along to get mm-hmm. to. Well, yeah, and like, uh, let's see where we're at on here. Um, the bloody crime scene. So this is where she does end up at Anne Marie's apartment, right? Yeah, yeah, and then she because she does the whole trance thing, and then it like cuts to black, and then that's her waking up in the bathroom covered with blood. Right, and then um, Annie's yelling. Screaming, mm-hmm. frantic, her baby's gone. I thought the baby was dead because they didn't really show. Like I put baby dead in my notes before, but then it was you know later revealed that it was just missing. Right, and at the same time, it's like I wouldn't put it past the fact that they would kill a baby in this movie. No, like um after this scene, no. Yeah, after the scene, no. Um. Because this is where we see the severed dog head, yeah, and which was, was a new th- experience for me. It's like, <laughs> well, have you not watched Godfather? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's but not. It's, it's not common. No, yeah, it's it's jarring enough. See, and that's the thing. Like, I want to watch things where, like, you do get those new experiences because mm-hmm. we are so desensitized to horror films because it's so repetitious. We see the same things over yeah. and over again. Like, you can you can only see death and mutilation so many different ways before you're like oh okay so that's kind of like in the terrifier um at some point you will watch this movie with art the clown spoiler alert (laughs) he has a woman hanging upside down sure and he hacksaws her in half oh yeah it's brutal yeah Yeah, it's brutal it's a fucked up (laughs) yeah you know what i mean but i mean like something like that like that's not a common thing to see, and that kind no. of shit will stick with you. You're like... That creeps me out just thinking about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I saw a picture on Facebook that I was going to share to our uh, page, and it showed Art the Clown standing there with a hacksaw and the woman hanging upside down, and it was done in the art of Scooby-Doo, and it showed <laughs> you know the gang standing there right next to him. If I find it, I'll send it to you. But it, yeah, it, it's hilarious. So... I really do think that she was hypnotized. She had to have because, like, she blacks out and doesn't remember. Yeah. Obviously, she didn't do, but did she? Well, see, and that's what's. Um, I don't know. That's what kind of gives you that. I guess I would say that, given what he does to the doctor, it's him doing it's, it. Yeah, and he just kind of like makes her pass out. But then again, she is holding there. the cleaver. The dog's head is gone. You don't ever see. Uh, Candyman use anything other than his hook. So like, but he also was he holding the dog down with the hook as he cut the head off? Like he might have used the hook. Well, I mean, you look at uh, when the friend dies, he Mm. used the hook. We assume, but then he places a knife in her hand to make it seem like yeah, staging. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah, it could be. So. Um, she's laying there on the ground. She wakes up in a pool of blood. She's got a cleaver in her hand. Mm-hmm. She hears a scream and she goes out. She opens the door. She sees the dog and the severed head and the pool of blood. And then, um, Anne-Marie sees her 
and then just loses her shit. Like, understandable. Yeah, if I saw, yeah, exactly. Um, and so she attacks Helen. They're rolling around. <laughs> Helen fucking takes the cleaver. She's like, get off me. And it's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fucking hack at your arm one time. <laughs> like, do you... You bad. <laughs> yeah, get off me, bitch. Like, do you not... Like, you have to see how this looks bad. Like, if you... Well, that's what I get into later on, where it's like, do you not understand how the law works? Yeah, it, you're... You wake up covered in blood holding a weapon, um, and... You're in a tussle with the person whose place you're in. Yeah. And, and you just cleavered her arm. Yeah, and she thinks that you might have killed her baby, did something with her baby. She knows you killed... She, uh, your, her dog is no longer has a head. <laughs> like, I would assault you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what... Yeah, and so she's like... Like, drop the knife and just be like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Please, no. Just, yeah, okay. let me just like, walk I'm out gonna... here holding the... Yeah. yeah. Like, if, you're, if you wake up with blood anywhere and you're holding no... <laughs> some sort of weapon, let go of the weapon. Yeah, there's no common sense <laughs> to be had yeah. uh, in here. Um, and so... <laughs> the police do show up in Cabrini Green, which is kind of funny because it's like... It's the first time they've ever been there. <laughs> Potentially, I don't know, but I didn't know this was an apartment. I'm I'm just imagining with how much, with how much Helen and Bernie were accosted by the, um, the hornets. Not the hornets. Uh, <laughs> tenants, I think, was the word I was looking for. The hmm. people who lived there. Yeah. You know, like imagine how much shit the cops got on their way up there. I'm sure, mm-hmm. like, but they just come busting right in. Like somebody actually. Heard the screaming and was like, okay, this is bad enough even for us. I got to call the cops. Probably. And um, so Helen gets arrested. Uh, baby in gross room, flashing lights, Candyman. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. <laughs> so this is after we figure out where the baby is. Mm-hmm. And Candyman has him in his little back room there. Right. And there's just like flashing lights going on in the baby's face. And the baby... Obviously, he isn't acting. It's just going, what the fuck's up with all these lights? I quit it. Right. Like, hey, <laughs> fucking stop. Stop it, duck. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's all that was. But then Helen is released. Yeah. Because that happens in a... Like, I know... It's all circumstantial, I guess. technically, but... However... The, what, the evidence is overwhelming. Yeah, like her bail would have been ridiculous, and the even if you don't know that the baby's dead, it's missing. Right. Like, you wouldn't just let her fuck off home. Right, and it's like, if your husband is the kind of piece of shit that you find out that he might be... Yeah. Like... Is he really going to spend all that money to post you, like to post your bail if he's and then just like attend to you while you're in the bath time and yeah, like and then she goes and takes a bath and like I think it was just a nice excuse to to show her cans, but you know it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> no no real complaints here, but no. it just it's strange. Yeah, um, and that's when we get the projecting the pictures finally. Oh, that's where we're okay. Yeah, because so, she gets oh, the I, pictures and just kind of looks at them. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. shit I, happens. Well, thank you for not cutting me off and telling me we're not there yet earlier. <laughs> I kind of forgot. 
Um, so yeah, she's going through the pictures, get the photo bomb, um, hook through the wall, candy crush. <laughs> You're not funny, dude. <laughs> Explain yourself again. So she's, <laughs> she's in the bathroom or whatever, uh-huh. and we get the hook through the wall, like towards her face. Oh yeah. Candy crush was just a joke. <laughs> Not a good one at that. Um, I have the child hooked to the net. Come with me. Yeah, that is... He's like, hey, I want you to come with me. But just in case you need some persuasion, here's my hook to the back of your neck, and we're going to cut you just a little bit. (laughs) So it looks like... Ow. Defensive wounds. Right. Um, Because then Bernie comes in. Hmm. Poor Bernie, dude. I know. Should have just left. Yeah. Bernie butchered. Helen has the knife. Yeah, so she gets set up for the kill again. Mm-hmm. And when they show they show Bernadette laying on the floor, once the police get there, like she is, been there a while. Yeah, pale, pale mm-hmm. white, pale ghostly white, like like blue. Uh, yeah, blue, exactly. Like what? That was some unnecessary makeup, I think. <laughs> you think because so? it it just it made it seem like she would have had to have been there a while for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be. I or. That much blood loss just made it happen quicker, I guess. I don't there really was a know lot of science. Blood. There was a lot of blood. That's possible. Um, so, Candyman warning. Yeah, so she gets ends up going to the mental hospital this time mm-hmm. because, like, she's losing it. Yeah. And, and she just butchered her best friend, right. supposedly. On the heel, yeah, on the heels of... of Potentially kidnapping a baby, killing a dog, and attacking a woman in her apartment. Um, Okay, now we'll lock her up. We'll lock her up. We'll put her in here. And so she's like strap, strap down. Mm -hmm. And then Candyman floats in there. And he's just like fucking with her, comes up. And then just before they come in, he's back down below. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, you have the best timing in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And so floating Candyman, he's under the bed. What? You put he's under the bed exclamation point, like it's almost like you were trying to set up a joke. Mm-hmm. No, that's what she says. She's screaming so, it at the. Oh, he's under the bed. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Not everything is a joke. That's serious. He's under the bed. That should creep you out. <laughs> no, only <laughs> the bathrooms. Um, so then, Floating Candyman. Candyman creepy with the baby finger on the... Oh, yeah. That was weird. Yeah, that was very weird. <laughs> I didn't understand why he was feeling the need to do that. But he did it. Um, yeah. So, um, talking with Dr. Burke, she's been in there for a month. Which was surprising time lapse again. <laughs> a lot of months go by in this movie. Well, yeah, I'd like to know what the time span is. Because, like, her bruise, or her, her puffy eye after she gets... Uh, clobbered hooked in the face and then you see the progression of it really shitty and then slowly get better to the point where it's gone right right like that Um, takes a while it does yeah those don't go away right away um and so she's in there talking with the doctor and then he shows the security cam of her thrashing when Candyman was supposedly hovering over her and there's nothing there yeah exactly which is fucked up Mm -hmm. um no Candyman. So then... Here's what I don't get. Okay. (laughs) So she's talked to the doctor and she's like, okay, I'm going to convince you Candyman is real. And I'm going to call him. You have a mirror here. That's just not that strange. 
I'm going to call him. What do you think is going to happen when a killer is summoned into this room? And he obviously doesn't want you dead because that would have happened already. Yes. Like, how did you see this ending? <laughs> He's just going to show up and be like, hi, I'm Candyman. I killed those people. I'm going to go now. Yeah, we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> out um, the window right and so he this is and then he does appear mm-hmm. but you don't see him right away because he uh he's a croucher <laughs> and he's coming Just surprising for a pretty big guy and then all the way up the back and it's like oh uh, <laughs> my back hurts right and then he then proceeds to blast backwards through a window mm-hmm. which i mean kind of I think it it's a it's kind of dramatic just to kind of I don't know what purpose it serves other than the fact to just open up that window so she can escape through it. Well, I wonder if that that's what I was about to say. I I bet he did it on purpose because he obviously wants her Out. back in that in his cathedral room thing. Yeah. Like he wants her back <laughs> there. I feel like there's a lot better ways to do that. Mm-hmm. But fine. Like he wants her to escape, and that's why I think he did that. I, I think so too. Um, Good. So she does escape, uh, climbs out the window, and see, this mm-hmm. is the problem. Like, if I ever found myself in a situation like that, I'd probably just sit there. I, I don't do heights. I don't think I could <laughs> climb out the yeah. window like that in through another one, and then jump on another nurse <laughs> and take, <laughs> and take and the take clothes. Her clothes. Um, and so. She yeah, you a- rarely see the undressing when someone steals someone else's clothes, like yeah. Scooby Doo style. Mm-hmm. Like it was like, no, I'm just we're gonna take pause for a second, show this lady in her underwear as yep. she's slowly being accosted. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, true. Um, and so yeah, she's she leaves. She she goes back to her house where she's apparently been gone for a month at least. At least a month. And she goes in there. And then she sees that little bitchy blonde mm-hmm. <laughs> painting Paint the walls. pink. Like, how <laughs> well, 1992 <course>. is this? <laughs> well, here's what I... Uh, problem pink. number two. You've killed someone in the eyes of the law and a dog. You were in a mental hospital. Why in the fuck would you go back to your house? Shoot. Like, what good would... The, even if the husband is a stand-up citizen... Like you are screwing him so bad by <laughs> having accomplice him... style. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just to, to to set up the fact that he had been cheating on her the whole I think time. So. Um, he comes walking out all robed out, mm-hmm. like he's got this little young obedient girl, like painting his walls. Yeah, a horrible pink. Like stand up <laughs> for yourself, man. Like. Give me a brown. Like, I'm not even that worried because, like, if my wife wanted to repaint our walls, I know she wouldn't do paint. <laughs> Thank fucking God. You know, like, God. That, they, You're really they hung like, up on the pink. Yeah, they like pink walls in this one because Anne Marie's walls were pink, too. Yeah. It's like, this is 1992. If you If you're a female, your walls are going to be pink. <laughs> it could be cotton candy. Who knows? There could be some... Subliminal messaging. Yeah. Um, so, Trevor's student is painting. Helen go Helen goes crazy. Er, so yeah, she's like, "Fuck you guys," and leaves. After that, it's so she awkward. also throws a paint can at the wall. Yeah, she does. <laughs> All you're doing is helping her out. 
Thanks, I missed that spot. Yeah, right? Some um, on the floor now, though. Thanks. I like how you you wrote that um, Helen heads back to the hood. Mm-hmm. And searches the candy cave. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, my God. I should have known. I should have known that was that was coming. Um, so yeah, she uh, she heads back to his um, candy his, cave, his pad, and um, Candyman takes a snooze. So yeah, that he's just weird. he's just laying there, like yeah. like it's it's all set up obviously because like the dude's not really alive, so he doesn't need to sleep. Sure, and so like he's doing it. She hooks him. Um, Which, really, you thought that was going to do a thing? Yeah, like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here? <laughs> um, Helen surrenders to save the baby because he's like, you know, be mine and I'll let the baby live. Mm-hmm. So she sacks herself for the baby. Um, and then there's... Uh, Jimmy, he bees just thinking about the bees, it. The bees everywhere and in his bees. mouth. Yeah. Like, how'd they do the oh, mouth thing? Who knows? That's brutal. Yeah, that would suck. Two paychecks, please. Yeah. <laughs> Double or nothing. <laughs> um, it's, it, it was always you. Um, so, the baby ends up being in the burn pile. Of course. Which is like... Safest place for a baby. Dude, come on. I know, it's like, like you're, I gave you my soul or whatever. You beat in my mouth. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. <laughs> Never once did that even think to come out of my mouth like, oh, my God, you just beat in my mouth. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. I'll give you that one. So he gets R. Kelly. Um but then he super double crosses her and is like, oh, and by the way, I took the baby and put, put it in it, the middle of this the trash burn pile. pile. Where they're getting ready to, to set it ablaze. Mm-hmm. Which, that's some shitty timing that the kid just happened to be looking at the pile and all he could see is the hook. Yeah, and he looks out there and he's like, oh, he's here. Yeah, he's in the middle he's of our here, burn pile. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> Helen is climbing through to fucking... Burning steak to candy heart. What? <laughs> so she's fighting Candyman. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they've okay. lit it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm glad you're having fun with this. Um, so she so she saves the baby. Mm-hmm. Gets Barely. burnt to fuck. Yeah, I was like, when they were in the middle of the pile and they lit it on fire, I was like, fuck, this is going to get. Not to ruin it, but a little midsummery, like this is gonna get fucking brutal quick. Mm-hmm. And then of course she escapes and I remembered it was the nineties, so they weren't gonna show that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but they also showed a you know, decapitated dog, so I wasn't sure where this was gonna That's go. That's true. And and you know what the funny thing about this is too, is you notice that any time so she comes out, her hair is all burnt off, so she's bald. Mm-hmm. So tell me why is it anytime someone's head gets burnt and their hair's gone, why the, their head proceeds to look like Yoshi's egg? <laughs> you ever notice that? Like the same thing happened in Home Alone 2 when, or in Home Alone when the top of the head gets burnt and there's just little burn, spot, little burn spots. Like I guess you could say that parts of the hair 
burn to the ends faster and didn't yeah but it's like there's always like these these little circular spots where mm. it doesn't i don't know let me burn your head and let's see what it looks like know. try it um i will so she saves the baby helen dies mm-hmm. Helen's. Free. i was afraid briefly that she was gonna live you were afraid because it would have been stupid it was like she burned she went through this whole mess of shit and she was convicted of murder almost and yeah well she did sacrifice herself for the baby which is what technically she was supposed to do yeah she gave her life to save the baby Candyman just made sure that happened yeah <laughs> faster than well and that's what was something that was kind of surprised me it's like okay so fire hurts him question mark and then which i guess makes no, that doesn't make sense because he was killed by bees true but i mean like was he even really there Mm. but the, okay so it's the same thing with the with, in the hospital like she's the only one who could see him like is she really battling him or is she is well, it i guess in her technically mind? yes because if he's there he's only in her mind i don't know how it works right but um, it, it confused me it's like okay she, she wanted her to die anyway mm-hmm. and by fire which more or less she kind of did so did he win yeah that's what I couldn't quite figure out. It's like they were he was wanting to rejoin with her because she was like the next she was yeah. version of the woman that he loved. Yeah, back you're gonna in the have day. to you're gonna have to watch the sequels to it. It fills in a little bit more. Mm. But yeah, so they're lower you know, she's in the ground, the uh, little boy uh, drops the hook mm-hmm. onto the casket. Which is a cool scene. Yeah, it is a great scene. And then, um, like, everybody from Cabrini Green or whatever, they show mm-hmm. up. So, essentially, she earned street cred enough to where the entire project show up Word. to pay respect. I guess if you <laughs> save a baby from a burning garbage pile, and the baby was in miraculous shape considering how bad Helen was, mm-hmm. that, that's worth some cred, right? I'd say. And so then they they leave that and they go back to the apartment where mm-hmm. Trevor remembers Helen while he's in the bathroom. And I think that his girlfriend knows that he's in there just being upset about it. Mm-hmm. So she, like you wrote down, she's angry cooking. <laughs> just in there throwing a fit. Just With an incredibly fit. sheer top. Just because. <laughs> yes. 1992. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, and so... He says he says her name three times. That's how many I counted, but I might have counted wrong. Okay. I heard three at least. Okay. Um, it seems the, like five would be a bit excessive, even though that's what the magic number is supposed to be for, for Candyman. Yeah. So he says her name. She shows up behind him, it, like still all Bernie, creepy looking. Right, wearing the hospital gown or whatever it looked like. Right, like some yeah. sort of white thing. Uh, in true Clyde Barker fashion, like the room is all like. Stroby, white and stroby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's holding the hook, like yeah. holding on to it with her hand, mm-hmm. and she's <laughs> fucking gets him. Finally, that's what you get, Trevor, for being a piece of shit. Stupid shit. Yeah, you will. But bitch. that's that's what I don't get. So is she the bride of Candyman now? It's possible. They don't explain that in any of the sequels. Uh, she it's been come so back. long since I've seen the sequels that I don't know what happens. Fair enough. I know that. Candyman 2, 
I believe takes place in New Orleans. Hmm. Um, it's interesting that it jumps. I mean, I get the it's an urban legend, and he's supposed to technically be able to be anywhere. So Candyman two, the the point of this one is uh, the Candyman arrives in New Orleans and sets his sights on a new young woman, or sets his sights on a young woman whose family was ruined by the immortal killer years before. So it has to do with, uh, it becomes more lineage. and Like this image here, they kind of show you like hmm. how he's killed and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And That'd then, be worth watching just, and that, that's, Sounds horrible. Right. But it'd be worth watching to see how he dies. But that's what we're all about here. And then it's part three that is um, the Candyman is back and he's trying to convince his descendant, who is an artist, to join him. Hmm. And his descendant... He just wants friends. That's the story of Candyman. He just needs new friends. Right. And, And of course his descendant is... Uh, Baywatch's blonde Donna D'Errico, I believe. That's you came up with that name pretty quick. I don't know who that... it says it right here, <laughs> you dunce. <laughs> and yes, I know who she is, but you do, and I do too now, so that's good. Candyman 3, you say, yeah, uh, Day of the Dead. Hmm. But see, like, hmm. yeah, it's I don't, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's pretty rad. Word, I can't stop. So, that is the end of the movie. Let us get into the scorecard. Right. Because we're getting close to tying Alien, I feel like. No, we're at 143. So, I mean, we're 12 minutes off. No, we're (laughs) done. We're done. All right. So, um, my best skill, skill, my best kill (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, is the doctor getting his back gutted out, I think. Fair enough. What about you? Uh, I actually went with best scare because this actually made me jump and it was hooked through the wall. Okay. Like I wasn't expecting it and I was only half like paying attention, doing notes and then the hook through the wall happened and I actually jumped. (laughs) Awesome. Um, my most wanted to die was Trevor. Mine was Trevor, but then it became Candyman, which is a weird thing to have it just be the killer. Mm -mm. But, Mm -mm. I'm, that's what I'm going to do. You're wrong. Because um, he was just a piece of shit. I watch mean, your just... mouth. <laughs> uh, my most wanted to live was Anne-Marie. She didn't deserve that. It, she like she was weary to even talk to Helen in the first yeah. place. So she gets her baby fucking kidnapped. She gets a fucking cleaver to the arm. She loses her beautiful dog. Like, fuck you, Helen. <laughs> What's bitch. yours? You bitch. I'm going to go with Bernie. That's another fair one, dude. Bernie didn't deserve that either. She was just trying to help. She really was. She really just should have, when Helen said go, she was like, okay. See you you later. (laughs) Call me. Um, My grossest moment isn't a particular moment, but it's the sound effect of every time he He uses his hook on somebody. It is so... (laughs) Just... it's, It's intense. Mine is the bloody scene with the dog head. Yeah, I can see that. That was brutal. Um, my dumbest moment of the movie would be uh, Candyman cannonballing backwards out the window. <laughs> oh, that was kind of cool. Well, I mean, it gave me Jeepers Creepers vibes. It, there's nothing really dumb about this movie to me, so that's kind of it. 
Mine was Helen escapes from the hospital and visits Trevor. Because I don't see how that could have gone well, no matter if he was alone or not. Like, that was just a stupid thing to do. Makes sense. Um, So that concludes our scorecard. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and let us know what uh, next episode is going to be? Next episode is going to be the 2003, I believe, classic that no one knows but us, Identity, with John Cusack, Amanda Peet, and Ray Liotta. Right, and the, you know what the funny thing is, too, is like when you told me this, I'm like, really? <laughs> <clears throat> and then I, I, don't, I didn't remember it really being a slasher movie like it claims to be. And mm-hmm. so I'll be curious to revisit it. Um, the funny thing about Ray Liotta. He's creepy in and of himself. His face, depending on the lighting, <laughs> he kind of looks like Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of looks. I never put that together, but yes. yes. Um, and so I'll be interested to watch it. John Cusack's a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love his movies, so. It's we a should. great movie. It's got a great cast. Alfred Molina's in it. Mm-hmm. John C. McGinley from Scrubs. Like, it's got some stuff in there. Right. And I'm I'm pretty sure what movie I'm going to do next, too. I'm already ready. Mm. And so, um, until then, you can find us on Facebook um, at uh, Pod and Gore Podcast. I post a lot of shit on there. Mm-hmm. Very active on there. Um, we're... Slowly cl- uh, climbing up in the likes, so uh, yeah. we appreciate all the interactions uh, from you guys. It means Definitely. a lot. Um, you can reach us on Instagram and Twitter at gore underscore pod. I do try to put more things on there. Um, I'm a little behind on the Instagram, but I think that's because we're at like eight followers. True. Um, and you can email us at podandgore at gmail.com. That's P-O-D-A-N-D-G-O-R-E. Um, yeah, if you have a movie you want us to do, we have... People that have sent us movies that we'll get to eventually. <clears throat> People that send us lists of movies, we'll get to at least one of them eventually. <clears throat> <Norris. laughs> um, also, uh, this is uh, we're recording this uh, Friday night. Uh, I believe it's the eighth as of recording. Yeah. Um, so by the time this drops, it'll be Monday the eleventh. Um, right now, T Public is having their thirty-five percent off. Sale. Mm-hmm. So, so if you want some pot and gore merch yeah, at you, a discount. Yeah, you want to help support the show. You they have t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, s- mugs, notebooks, pillows, like like they have the most random collection. You can sleep on the Grim Reaper's face. Yes. How cool is that? And if you're Justin and have that ego, I'm surprised he doesn't do that already. <laughs> Who says I don't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um Make sure to, I'll post the links on the social medias. Um, but yeah, if you feel like supporting the show, you know, do that. It, it, it It's a big help. Yeah. Um, and it's some cool stuff and good quality stuff. I have one of the shirts. I have a shirt too. I, I, now that we're November, I think I might get a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, the shirts are 35% off. So they're like at $13 a piece right now, opposed yeah. to the 20. So, you know, you can't really, it, definitely. You can't really beat the price. Um, But until next time, we'll see you in a couple weeks with Identity. Bye. Bye.